Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Brew Show. Brew Show? What the fuck am I doing? I'm already fucking up. Pause. Now you try. Round two. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beer Show. Let's be honest, it's probably mostly gentlemen here. I can't imagine too many ladies. So, oh, look at that. A beer podcast. Oh, it's about people who make their own beer? Oh, God, I'm so wet. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, uh, welcome to Beer Show. It's a show about, uh, about brewing beer for fun and drinking beer for fun. Uh, I'm your host, Adam, and uh, today we're going to be discussing uh, brewing cheat codes, some things that uh, that I discovered kind of along the way that I kind of sort of wish I knew when I started, that I, that I feel like um, I'm just going to impart some wisdom that I've accrued over the last uh, year and a half or so that uh, maybe anybody who's getting into it, you know, kind of do these things some we'll call them homebrew hacks or homebrew cheat codes or whatever i don't know we'll figure it out but we'll we'll call it something but basically it's just things i wish i would have known when i started and just some stuff that might help you along the way if you're getting if you're just getting started out or even if you're not just getting started out these are just things you should, i think you should do um so anyway yeah uh let's get into it but before we get into it Let's get into the beer show, show beer. All right, uh, the beer show, show beer uh, today is uh, for for this for this app uh, for this show is uh, it's a session IPA that I made. Um, I haven't named it yet because I can't decide if I'm going to do it again. I, I bet I will. But I haven't come up with a cool name for it yet. So um, it's a it's a session IPA. It's a, for those the uninitiated out there listening. A session session beer means it's a lower ABV beer. Cause honestly, dude, I'm fucking super over these gigantic ten percenters, fucking double IPA. Drink fucking three of them and you're sloppy kind of shit. It's like, come on, it's like. Beer is supposed to taste good, guys. Like, let's just make some beer that tastes good, and then the the whole getting drunk part is like a cool secondary after effect. You know, it's I'm drinking for taste here, so I'm getting into the sessionable stuff. So I made a cool, I made an IPA. I'm really digging it, and it's growing on me a little bit. I was a little iffy on it right away, um, but I'm I'm liking it now that it's kind of mellowing out. I'm digging it like crazy. So um, it's a it's a got a little bit of haze to it just a tiny bit but not a whole hell of a lot it's pretty it's that homebrew haze that chill haze sort of deal um it's a it's uh slightly darker than a straw color um not quite gold but it's it's a very it's a very nice yellow color and um like i said a little bit of haze with a nice um thick no i wouldn't say thick but a, a, a nice a nice head on it a nice white decently thick head on it 
when I taste it, it's got bright citrus up front, pine flavors, nice hop flavors coming coming right in at me. A uh, decent amount of malt there, not a ton, but a decent amount. It's, it's actually kind of dry. Um, and uh, a little caddy, get a little caddy action, a little bit of feline action going on in there with that those hops that I'm getting. Um, and so the recipe for anybody who might want to try it out is looking for a little bit of inspiration. It's my session IPA. Maybe it'll have a name soon. I'll check in on that in the future. Uh, but uh, for this batch of beer um, that I made, this one was, it was a five-gallon batch. Um, this was, uh, I do this in percentages, right? Right. Uh, this is, um, let's see, this was, this is 90% Pilsner malt. All right. Oh, wait, no, 92%. Sorry, everybody. Fucked up. Fucked up. Addendum, 92% Pilsner malt, 4% Carapils, 4% Acid. That's it. Boom right there that's all you got right there we're gonna take that grind that up we're gonna mash it in at 148 so uh that's for one hour just a quick little single infusion um then we're gonna move to the boil after that after a nice little spargy sparge and uh the hop the hops um i used uh were topaz nelson savan and talus um Topaz for bittering. It's that's obviously at first boil, and then Nelson Savant at fifteen and Talus at ten. Um, and I'll let you guys. Uh, as with all these, I'm not going to give you the whole thing. I'm not going to give you the. If anybody wants to brew this, I'm not going to. You got to figure out sort of your own amounts on the hops. Um, and then what I did was I pitched. I cooled it down after that boil. I cooled it down and I pitched Imperial Dry Hop at uh, 68 i never really used imperial yeast before i heard good things brewlosophy certainly likes to sing their praises and um and then uh after it uh after it got through primary ferment um i hit it with a dry hop um of a little bit of i'm not going to tell you how much but a little bit of each of those three hops that were in the boil went into the dry hop and uh, then I let those kind of chill out for, I think, three or four days. And then I uh, kegged it up, um, let it sit in a keg for a little while, uh, conditioning at about 40 degrees thereabouts for a little bit. And then I got it on gas, carved it up, and now here it is. And it's very good. On the nose, very citrusy, very fruity, very citrusy, like fucking insane levels of citrusy. In the mouth, it's more more piney. Citrus is definitely there. Like I said earlier, it's like citrus forward, but it's not it's not overwhelmingly citrus. And then, uh, like I said, there's like that caddy aspect. Very very good though, and it's like it's crushable as all get out at four point six percent. Love it, gotta love it. So that is the beer show show beer. So anyway, all right, let's get back. Uh, let's get into the topic at hand. Some uh, some brewing cheat codes, right? Is that we were, that's that's what we we're talking about? Some hacks, some homebrew hacks, brewing cheat codes. I don't know what I'll call it, but I'll call it something. This might be a two parter. I don't know. We'll see how long this goes. But like I said, these are just some things that uh, I kind of you know wish I would have known or I've learned along the way that uh, that I've come to the conclusion that just doing these things or knowing these things helps out a lot so um first thing um 
first thing I learned, there is such a thing as too clean. Um, what's the first thing you learn when you're, when you're brewing? You gotta be clean. You gotta be sanitary. Um, when you're brewing, it's very, very important to do all those things. Cause, cause fucking Jesus Christ, we don't want to, we don't want an infection. And it's the worst thing ever to have a beer. You go through the whole process and then lo and behold, you were, you were a little messy or a little unsanitary and some, something else made its home in your, in your beer and outcompeted your yeast. And guess what? You got a big old shit show of a, of a mess that you gotta, you gotta dump. So. But being clean and sanitary is very good. There, but like I said, there is such thing as being too clean. And what I mean by that is keep cleaning detergents and chemicals away from the shit that touches your beer. Don't clean your fermenters with detergents and bleach and shit like that. Don't clean your brew kettle. Don't clean your fucking hot liquor tank, your mash tun. Anything that touches, even down to the glasses that you would serve it in. Don't clean it with detergent. Unless it's something that's like, you know, like an acid-based or oxygen-based cleaner, uh, like PBW or OxyClean or even just like StarSan is technically, you know, a sanitizer. Don't, you know, I mean, would you drink bleach? I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's some of you out there that would, but don't because it's going to make your beer taste like shit. Would you drink dish soap? No, don't, because if soap is the enemy, soap and detergents are the enemy of beer. The only thing you should be cleaning shit with is some good old-fashioned elbow grease and some hot water and then sanitizing with obviously star sand and then um yeah um or otherwise approved of clean cleaners that are like like caustic acid-based cleaners and shit like that too but anyway, anyway like i said keep chemical detergents out of here do not do because you might think like you know it's it's in your gourd you're like oh fuck i gotta clean the shit out of this i want to be really clean i don't want an infection but I mean, what we're really trying to do here, the old adage is human beings make wort, yeast makes beer. And all we're trying to do is make some really tasty fucking wort for those yeasties to get in there and make some beer. And um, the wort gets ruined by chemicals and, and soaps and stuff like that. So, and yeast don't like it. And, and it just makes shittier beer. So don't do it. Don't do that shit. I, I had to learn kind of the hard way. First couple of batches of beer I was, I was making had these weird off flavors and it was because i was cleaning stuff with soap so don't do it Uh, on the subject of cleaning um number two we're gonna fly through these things this probably only be a, a one show um number two clean while you brew this is one so bonehead so fucking right in your face that you're you're thinking like yeah this is stupid shit like of course why wouldn't you do this why wouldn't you do that? Like, but you never think about it. Like, you're just so damn excited on your first couple of brew days that you're just, and you're worried about hitting all your numbers and doing, you know, taking your time and doing all like, um, and, or, you know, making sure you're doing everything on time and make sure you're hitting your temps and all that sort of shit. But, and then a lot of all the cleaning stuff falls by the wayside. And then when your brew day is done with, you're left with a mountain of shit to clean and you're just, and you've just added, probably a good hour hour and a half to the to the brewing process i suppose till it's all said and done when you don't need to because um so here's the thing anybody who's brewed beer will be able to tell you and the first thing that anybody says when i have them over for a brew day or something like that and they're not like they don't they're not privy to the process or they've never seen it done before or whatever they almost no fail they almost always remark 
on how much fucking downtime there is when you're making beer because there is i always tell people making beer the process of making beer is 90 percent waiting around for shit to happen because i mean because think about it like okay you're going to start your brew day all right you're waiting for your strike water to get to temperature. You're waiting for your mash to get done. You're waiting for your sparge to get done, get over with. You're waiting for your, your wort to come to boil. You're waiting for your next hop addition. You're waiting for your wort to chill. You're, you're pitching your yeast and then you're waiting for days for it to ferment. It's like it's 90% of the process is waiting around. And then that remaining 10% is, you know, is divided up into like 7% of that 10% is cleaning shit. And then that other 3% is actively doing shit that produces beer. So it's, you know, that's what it is. So it's like maybe make some better use of your time with all that waiting around time and take some of that 7% of that cleaning and stick it into that 90% and uh, save yourself to turn what was going to be a six hour brew day into a four hour brew day. Or, you know, uh, what was going to be a, uh, whatever, a five-hour brew day and turn it into a three-and-a-half-hour brew day. Uh, believe me, you will be more than happy that you did because cleaning shit sucks, especially when it's been sitting around cooling down and stuff. You know, get in there and clean it. Like, you know, as soon as you're done with your mash and, you you know, and you're, you're sparging, start cleaning that mash ton while it's nice and warm and all that stuff. It's not so sticky yet. Get that out. Just, like I said, clean while you brew. Once you're done with something, fucking you get it and you get a second, clean it. Just get it get it done and over with, man. You'll you'll fucking be super happy that you did. Um number 3, numero trace. Um this one's this one it's going to ruffle a little feathers. Okay, so it's probably going to ruffle a little feathers out there. But this is like I said, this is my experience and this is by no means fucking this this is not gospel. But number three, take conventional wisdom in quotation mark conventional wisdom in quotations, uh, with a grain of salt. And, you know I mean things you know, like I I don't know, some examples of like mash and boil and fermentation times and stuff like that where there's like there used to be for a long time the home brewer kind of just aped whatever it was the commercial brewer did on a much smaller scale and what the commercial brewers do is not necessarily what home brewers have to do because of the differences in equipment and the differences in scale and also things like just technology like we've we've come a long way Things, you know, like things are different now. You don't necessarily have to mash in for an hour all the time. I still do most of the time, but you don't necessarily have to. Malts have come a long way and you can get all the sugars you need. You can get all the reactions that you need out of the malt, you know, maybe in a third of the time. You might be able to do a 20-minute mash if you're fine with not so much sugar you know uh sugar concentration you could do just a quick like 15 20 minute boil and and just use higher alpha acid hops that we have just in droves there's so many new hops now that in order to get desired bitterness levels you don't necessarily need to boil the shit out of a hop to you know to get those you know to get that acid content you know um shit like that you know there's there's certain things now like you know brewing has gotten much easier and you don't necessarily need to do the thing another odd just popped into my gourd secondary fermentation totally unnecessary it's totally unnecessary and act and actually you know uh studies have kind of shown experiments have shown you could check out like brewlosophy shouts out to those guys they're kick-ass and but you could you could see that like the 
you're in secondary fermentation, you're only just adding another step to potentially fuck up your beer when you totally don't need to. So, like I said, that just all of these things that I talk, those are just kind of quick little, you know, quick hitter examples. But like, take conventional wisdom with a grain of salt. Don't be scared to experiment yourself and try and find out. Well, do I really need to mash that long? Do I really need to boil that long? Do I really need, you know, to do X, Y, or Z? Is it really going to kill my beer if I use X amount of malt or whatever? You know, just be wary of somebody on a forum telling you that they've been brewing for 30 years and this is how it needs to be done, you know, because there's a lot of wiggle room in a lot of this shit. So, yeah, there's that. And that's not meant to be antagonistic or a dickhead about shit. It's just it's just legit. I've bucked a lot of trends when I brew stuff, and the beer always turns out great. So, so there's that. That's just my experience. So on to number four. Uh, number four I got here. Um this one also seems kind of like bonehead no-brainer like yeah no shit adam uh but um this one is start with simple recipes um and brew them repeatedly to kind of hone your process and learn your system um and it also and doing that so kind of also helps you learn what ingredients are bringing to the table you know um it's kind of like, you know, practice makes perfect. I could have just said that. I could have just said practice makes perfect. You know, find like a simple recipe that you that you like or something like that or make a simple recipe. Smashes are beautiful this. Smash single malt and single hop. Just, you know, a base malt and then one hop and just just to kind of learn what these ingredients are bringing to the table and then do these the same recipe over and over again to hone in that process and hone in you know, learn your system, find out what it's, you know, like what it takes, like, oh, this vessel that, you know, if I'm mashing in this vessel, you know, I got to have my strike water at this amount, because if I put X amount of grain in and when the grain's at room temperature, I lose this much. And then, so strikes always got to be X amount of degrees above what I want my mash to be. You know, it's just stupid little crap like that just makes your life a little bit easier when you're brewing. So there's not a lot of guesswork, I you know, I guess. And then you also just learn, it, it this doing this sort of stuff kind of helps in recipe formulation and stuff like that and it and it'll just it makes it much easier for you to grow creatively as a brewer and so you can get kind of out of you can get away from doing clones and stuff like that i mean clones would be you know brewing clones would be good for this sort of thing you know because you'd have what is ultimately the best version of the beer to grade what it, what you're doing against it to kind of figure out if you're learning your system more and more. So, I mean, there's that, but it also will aid in just, you know, and comfort, you know, growing your comfort level and growing your ability to make your own shit and getting better at it because everyone's system is different and you just got to get good on your shit, you know. The, the world's best, you know, the world's most successful professional brewer can come in and, you know, he probably, if you're really familiar with your system, he probably won't be able to make as good a beer as you can in your system without having brewed on it and learning your system enough. You know, it's just the way it is. Um, so that one's, you know, another kind of bonehead one. Like just, yeah, practice makes perfect. Is ultimately, I, I already said it once, but that's pretty much what that boils down to. Um, numero cinco, number five is uh, just what I got written down. Just get buckets. <laughs> and CH from Homebrew for Life, uh, shout out to Homebrew for Life. Uh, it's a YouTube channel. Uh, that dude is doing some great stuff over there. 
Uh, so go hit that up. Um, shouts out to the shouts out to that dude. But uh, he, I know he's a big bucket fan, and I kind of got this one from him. But I feel like it's understated. Get buckets, dude. And I'm talking about. You know, you know what buckets I'm talking about. I'm talking about those five-gallon plastic buckets that you see at every home improvement store or hardware store. You know, uh, they're usually somewhere between like three and eight dollars per bucket, depending on how hard you're getting hosed and where you're at in the world. <sighs> but you know, like, so I, I would advise like it's just, they're just wonderful to have on hand for just any sort of thing you might need you never know i mean i could cite a million different little stupid things where i was like fuck i wish i had a bucket right here right now or something like um but so i would like my advice to any brewer out there just take like 40 bucks and just go to your nearest hardware store or or home improvement you know store or whatever if you're saving big money at menards you can go and get the green ones or go get the orange ones at home depot or whatever it's all the same bucket it's just which color do you want and uh just take 40 bucks and just get as many as 40 bucks will will get you and you should be set and it because it's always nice to have a bucket of sanitizer hanging around it's always nice to just have a bucket with some water in it to rinse some shit or something like that it's nice just to have a bucket to if even if you got to flip one over to set something on or if you got to fucking if you want to turn it into a stool real quick or some stupid shit like that it's just nice to have man just get buckets. It believe me, makes your life way fucking easier, <laughs> especially on fucking brew day. Oh, excuse me. Um, number six. Uh, number six is uh, what do I got here? Oh, invest in accurate temperature control. Temperature control is uh, beyond sanitary practices, clean and sanitary practices. Temperature control is the most it's the second most important second only to like i was saying second only to sanitary brewing practices temperature control is probably the most important aspect of brewing or the most important key element to brewing great beer so in order to brew great beer uh you, you know yeast are only happy within a certain temperature range typically depending on the strain so and i, I suppose and i'm talking i guess beyond fermentation as well i mean fermentation is what everybody thinks of when you're talking temp control but we're also talking make sure your thermometers are calibrated and are all good you know on brew day there's nothing worse than like realizing like on my electric setup my all-in-one system the thermometer uh in the base of this of the system is 15 degrees off and i i suppose i could probably get in there and calibrate it but i just kind of take that into account whenever i do anything and the first couple of batches of beer i did on it were kind of fucked up because i didn't realize that i was getting hosed by my thermometer my my tools were betraying me and there but and and then i was making you know beer that wasn't up to snuff so calibrate your thermometers make sure that your tools aren't lying to you because that shit sucks and then as soon as you can invest in some sort of fermentation temperature control, um, whether it's like a, a chamber, like a mini fridge or a you know, chest freezer or something like that, that you can regulate temp or like a firm jacket or glycol chillers or whatever you're comfortable with investing in and all that sort of shit, because that is the key to taking good beer to great beer. No doubt you can make great beer, especially a handful of good ale styles like Saisons and stuff like that, English ales, like fermenting with just ambient room temp and shit like that. I mean, we're 
people motherfuckers were making beer in, in ancient Egypt and there's fucking no such thing as a refrigerator back then you know like that you can make great beer damn good beer with no temperature control but in order to fucking give it that shove into fucking tightest tits beer fermentation temperature control is where it's at so if you're real serious to, serious about that shit get into that invest into that um so that's number six uh, moving on plowing ahead number seven um buy used shit you don't need to buy everything new um it's it's kind of like a you would think you know it's like it's it seems kind of counterintuitive i suppose like people are using this stuff to do what is ultimately kind of a dirty thing but when you think about the materials that all this stuff is made out of we're talking you know all this shit is made out of stainless steel it's gonna last forever or it's made out of glass and as long as you don't fucking break it and slice your arm off it's gonna be fine plastic as long as it wasn't you know you didn't clean it with like an abrasive cleaner or something like that it's gonna be fine buy it used if you can hit up craigslist hit up fucking facebook marketplace hit up whatever the fuck you want to hit up i mean because guys are like people are entering and exiting this hobby left and right so you know and you might even find like you know somebody's giving up their all-in-one electric system for half the price of what it you know what it is and you can snag one of those or somebody's getting rid of all of their stuff for you know for you know pennies on the dollar or whatever the fuck you know it's it, it behooves you to just look around and try and get shit used before you pull the trigger on new stuff because at the end of the day as long as you clean it it's good to go man you don't need fucking insanely expensive brand new shit i mean unless you got the money and you don't give a fuck i mean then yeah go ahead buy new shit new shit's cool because then you got the peace of mind of knowing this for sure isn't fucked up or at least it shouldn't be anyway but i mean there's no sense like if you know you're gonna make a kegerator out of it like a, a an old your uh, a refrigerator you know it doesn't make any sense to go and buy a brand new refrigerator for several hundred dollars to then just drill holes in the front of it. I mean, that, I mean, that's just, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Buy used shit. It, it, it's, it's a fucking, it's just, it's just, it's really cool. Like when I got into kegging and I bought, I bought my, I got my fridge for 60 bucks from some dude in Beloit. (laughs) And, uh, and then I got my fucking, my, uh, I got my kegs and my CO2 and my regulator and all that stuff. Um, my, my tank and my regulator and my, yeah. And my kegs, I got four kegs for 150 bucks. That was a steal. And, um, yeah, it's just, it, you, you can save yourself a ton of money. I bought all of my, I've never bought a single new corny keg. I don't know why you ever would. Um, it's just save yourself the money. And, oh shit. I lost my shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, next one number eight the ocho um take good notes um and the reason i say that is this kind of circles back to um number four here uh the start with simple recipes and stuff like that taking good notes also aids in your ability to make good beer um you know, if you take good notes during your brewing process, like when did I add this and how much and how hot is it at this point and when did I do this and how long did this take or whatever and how much of that and all that sort of stuff, making sure you take good notes 
can make it so that you can alter your recipes or alter your process and then ultimately make you learn your system faster. And then can also make it so that you can repeat that process and make the same thing twice. Because here's the thing. Anyone can make a kick-ass beer once. The trick is is being able to make it again and, and make it nearly indistinguishable from the first one. That's what separates a good brewer from a great brewer. Because anybody, like I said, anyone can make great beer once. It's can you do it again. So take notes. What I do is I just use the, I literally, I use the notes app. I'm using it right now to fucking do this fucking show right now. But I, what I do is I throw all of my recipes in the notes app. And then I just, I take quick notes, all the, the recipes written down. And then just, you know, I get my gravity and all that sort of shit. And just little things that I did and just pertinent information that I, that I find relevant ends up going into these little recipe notes. And that's, that's where I keep all the shit. It's not like you got a fucking, you know, you need a, a file system and then a Dewey decimal system to start, you know, you know, you don't have to, it's not like, you gotta, I mean, I suppose you could do it all pen and paper style, but everybody's got a damn computer in their pocket now that can do all this shit for them. So it's not like it's inconvenient. Take good notes if you want to be a better brewer. <clears throat> and then number nine, I wanted 10 because, you know, that the 10's that nice psychologically satisfying number, but I couldn't think of another one. But uh, number nine here, this is far and away the one that has betrayed me the most when I don't do it. <laughs> um, number nine is don't start drinking until the boil. <laughs> do not start drinking until the boil. Um when you're making beer, it's 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 like the tightest thing in the world to drink beer while you're making beer. But as we all know, you start drinking beer and you you and we were talking about previous, there's a shitload of downtime when you're brewing and if you're not cleaning and you're just drinking while you're fucking while during that downtime, you know, if you start you know, when you start the brew day, but fuck, by the time you, you, by the time you're at the boil, you might already be feeling the sauce. And when you're feeling the sauce, you're going to fuck shit up. You're going to make mistakes. And then your end product, while it still might be good, it, it's not going to be what you were shooting for. Too many times have I made this fucking mistake. So now I, it's a, it's a rule for me. And I think it's a good rule for most people to follow. Just don't start drinking until you got that boil going, going, because you're going to end up fucking something up somewhere. Um, and that's what I got. Those are my sort of homebrewing cheat codes for anybody starting out. Um, yeah, I'm sure I could probably think of more, and maybe we'll do another one of these at some point. Um, maybe we'll, uh, I'll, you know, I'll do a cheat codes number two or something like that. Now that I've been doing this for, you know, don't hit yourself in the dick with a hammer while you're brewing or so. I don't know. But, like maybe we'll do this, but for now, after you know as much time as I've been doing it, these are the ones that I, I I can I fully vouch for, and I've experienced the negative side of not doing these things. Um. So, and uh. So yeah, there's that. So I hope that helps anybody trying to get into it. Um. Uh. That so that that should do it, I suppose. Uh, I got an email, yoyo brewing at gmail dot com, all one word, yoyo brewing at gmail dot com. Hit me up. Tell me I'm stupid. Tell me I make shitty beer. Uh, uh, tell me that you make way way cooler beer than me, and you'll come and you'll you'll fucking you'll you'll pee in my beer to make it work. I don't I don't know. I'm just I'm talking like an idiot right now. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's the email. Hit me up on it if uh, if you if you like what you're hearing. Um, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing these because I love talking about beer. 
uh what was the next thing oh yeah uh rate review um follow whatever it is whatever podcasting app you're listening to this on it should be available in most of the popular ones um but yeah rate review subscribe do all that sort of shit um if you like what you're hearing and uh and uh prost guys prost